U.S. companies ordered more robots than ever before in the first nine months of 2021 as they struggled to recruit human staff. Meanwhile, cyber and ransomware attacks on things like water systems and energy pipelines shook the very foundations of our daily lives. And a chip shortage threatened to grind the auto industry to a halt. What can themes in automation and cybersecurity tell us about the future ahead? And in particular, 2022. You're listening to Business Extra. I'm Kelsey Warner, your host and The National's future editor. To answer this question, we turn to experts at the World Economic Forum to look back on the year that was and make some major tech predictions for 2022. To dig into the future in automation, I spoke with Jayant Narayan, AI and machine learning lead at the World Economic Forum. Here it is. Artificial intelligence reached new heights in terms of hype, investment, and capability in 2021. But looking back from your vantage point, how would you characterize this year for AI? Every year is an exciting year for AI, but 2021 has had a number of interesting things. This year obviously had a couple of highlights, um, one of which was on the governance side of AI with the European Union releasing its draft um, AI Act, which will become law in in a few years. Uh, That was definitely one of the highlight items because countries have been focusing on what we call the AI race, right? Everyone wants to be an AI leader, but this was the first time where a country or a region came out with a much powerful or much impactful or that first big step saying that, yes, that is important, but so is the governance side of artificial intelligence. Um, In addition to that, this year, obviously, also saw the increased narrative and focus after DeepMind's protein folding code, which was shared publicly and which showed how deep learning can actually be used for the benefit of society. Very interesting year with unprecedented demand. And so we're going to be looking out for what the demand side means for AI. But I want to ask you, too, about U.S. companies ordered more robots than ever before in the first nine months of 2021 as they struggled to recruit human staff. An estimated 85 million jobs may be displaced by the shift from human to machine workers by 2025. Those are some scary headlines. So what do you want people to know about the displacement of work by automation? And thank you for asking that question, Kelsey. It's obviously a question that always comes up in the discussion of artificial intelligence. Um, And some of these fears and concerns are not completely misplaced. Um, I'm not going to paint a completely rosy picture and say that, or draw of what I call a false equivalence. People sometimes say jobs will obviously be lost, but new ones will be created. But there's no clear equivalence between those jobs. It's not like someone who's doing a very, very operational job, which is now being automated by a chatbot or a robot, can just pick up and go and start working on designing a machine learning uh, algorithm, right? So this is definitely happening, and this has been happening since the third industrial revolution. It's not the first time that humans are being displaced. The rate at which it is happening has obviously gone up, and the deeper ramifications of that are to be considered both by the company as well as a country. From a company perspective, it is how quickly are you able to go out into the market, find the right kind of skilled people, even, even for data scientist jobs and AI and ML jobs, like companies struggle to recruit. There's always more demand than there is supply. 
The other thing from a company's perspective is also to see to what extent some of these workers whose jobs are being displaced can be upskilled and how quickly can they do that. And this is where this gets into an overlap with governments. This goes into the discussions like social safety nets. What are the medium to longer term alternatives that you're building or what some smaller countries? I know this might be hard in really large countries and I come from India, so I can see the complications. Some countries like Singapore, which focus on a lifelong learning model, which are cognizant that today we are talking about technology X, tomorrow we might be talking about technology Y. So some of the skills that have to be developed for the workforce are more transversal in nature. So no easy answers here. But, but taking stock of the situation, being aware that some of the jobs will get displaced. Um, some of them are also in the interest of workers, I would say. There are, in, in certain production lines, there are some jobs which could be deemed as unsafe. And automating them is actually safe for the workers. And there are also cases where it's not like the worker is being completely displaced. You can also augment because the decision-making power cannot be given to completely to a machine in many cases. Okay, so not handing control completely over to machines. But with that said, what are some of your boldest predictions for AI in 2022? My boldest predictions, and part of it will go back to what I highlighted in 2021. Everyone talks about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and models. And and of course, that's the crux of the argument. But I think the world should also take stock of what's happening on the hardware and infrastructure side. In 2022, I see a big movement on the semiconductor side. Um, especially companies like ASML, which supply already to the semiconductor manufacturing companies. They are the ones which supply the machines that are then used to develop and deploy the chips. So in 2022, I, I can't put exact numbers to it, but there'll be a speed of acquisitions. At least I predict that. So some of the smaller players in the AI semiconductor space might get um, sort of acquired by bigger players. And and some of that discussion is already happening, by the way, like the NVIDIA arm discussion. So more of that to come. The other things which will happen is I see that DeepMind will continue to build on the work that they've done with protein folding. So let's keep an eye out on what's the next big thing that they do in drug discovery. Especially this is also building on all the research that companies and countries have been doing thanks to the pandemic. Um, so that's my number two. And number three would be more on the on the governance side. And this is where I know AI governance and, and the discussion at a principal level has been going on for a while now. But now countries are going into the nuances of it. And this is where we talk about an individual use case level, where these responsible AI principles, hundreds of which exist, can actually be can actually be put into perspective with specific use cases. So they're not just responsible AI principles uh, on on a beautiful white paper, but are actually adopted. And and, and companies can actually demonstrate through multiple ways um, that they are developing and deploying their AI responsibly. But I I see that in 2022, more countries will come out with guidelines on, on how to achieve that. Okay, so supply side that addresses some of our semiconductor woes further drug discovery, and laws that affect our daily lives. Those are the three top predictions from Giant at the World Economic Forum for 2022. Is that right? That's correct, Kelsey. Thank you so much for joining me. And to help us understand risk in 2022, I spoke to cybersecurity lead Algirde Pipakaite at the World Economic Forum. Here's that. Cybersecurity goes way beyond protecting our email password, as most people know. 
It's interwoven in our healthcare systems, the water we drink, our ability to switch a light on and off, even gassing up or charging our cars. Cybersecurity experts like you call this surface area. And as our connected world expands, this surface area is growing and growing. What did we see in 2021 on this theme? Are you alarmed? Set the stage for us a bit. Uh, Very good question. And definitely, if there was one um, action-filled and adventure-filled year for cybersecurity, it's definitely 2021. Um, And I don't think 2022 will be anything slower in pace of cyber breaches or attacks that we will be seeing. Um, Sadly, actually crippling our critical infrastructure. Um, The World Economic Forum Center for Cybersecurity uh, runs cybersecurity leadership community with whom um, around the world we communicate predicting and forecasting what is coming in the near future in in cybersecurity, in cyber risk, and in cyber resilience. And actually, this year, um, I asked the community to share with us what are their personal cybersecurity concerns. So not for their organizations, but for their personal cybersecurity. Um, And quite frankly, I don't think we were surprised when we saw that critical infrastructure attacks that might cripple our public services, like healthcare, like education, like transportation, like oil and gas supply, um, are the most worrisome when it comes to cyber leaders' personal security concerns. That means that our lives have intertwined so much with digital space that actually even just basic critical infrastructure and critical services to really run society as a healthy society are threatened by cyber attacks. The risk environment you're describing sounds existential. It feels dumb for me to ask, where are we most at risk? I think ransomware has done for cybersecurity awareness much more than any cybersecurity leader or cybersecurity executive. So even when we saw budgets declining um, across industries, you know, due to the pandemic and due to the ongoing crisis, um, the one budget that was drastically increasing was cybersecurity budget. Ransomware is is an attack that in most cases uh, gets into organization through a phishing email. Uh, or a phishing communication, might be texting, might be social media, might be um, an email attachment or an email body with a hyperlink. And through that, a malware gets into the network that allows an attacker, a cyber criminal, to get acquainted with the network, find vulnerabilities, in many cases, extract data, and then actually to put a ransom, so basically a message forward, asking for any cryptocurrency to be paid in exchange of either returning data or unlocking data and computer infrastructure to the organization. So it's uh, basically keeping their victims at ransom. Unless you pay, you will not have access to your data and to your infrastructure. It's quite a basic attack or a basic entry point. And in many cases, actually in over 95% of ransomware attack cases, it's the human being that is being exploited, at least to enter into the network. So on the consumer side, 2021 was the year of cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and blockchain technology. We saw this just massive explosion in the public interest around these themes. Looking ahead, where are you seeing those trends headed? 
are they are they boom and bust or are we are we stuck with them for the decades to come and how are we going to make them more secure i mean to your point cryptocurrency is the currency of of ransomware these things clearly have limitations on on their ability to make make us a secure utopia uh, but but if we were to become more secure on these trends what needs to be done I spoke with a Carnegie Mellon University professor, and what she highlighted is that less than 1% of cryptocurrency transactions are made uh, within the cyber criminal ransomware attack networks. So it's actually a very small percentage of the cryptocurrencies that is used for purely cyber criminal uh, malicious activities. So it's, it's like a knife. We can use it to cut red. We can use it to murder someone. It's it's very similar situation. It's how do you apply the new technology? So I think law enforcement and the cooperation with private sector is shedding much more light now on these ransomware attacks. And we saw already a couple of instances where law enforcement agencies publicly admitted that they followed cryptocurrencies patterns to identify the cyber criminal groups. And I think that will just increase and law enforcement will become much more aggressive and actually stopping cyber criminals or taking their money back. And that's a positive sign. Looking ahead to 2022, making a near-term prediction, what do you expect to see trends-wise in the field of cybersecurity? We will be seeing much more integration of cyber resilience and cybersecurity into the overall enterprise risk management and risk management models, which is very encouraging because that means we're going to be reaching the highest levels of organizations, boardrooms and C-suite. And that trend will definitely will continue. 2022, I would love to say ransomware will not be on our minds, but I'm afraid it will be. And I truly believe that we are in this together and we all have a role to play in cybersecurity. So make sure you speak with your cyber leaders, befriend your um, cyber team, and you really understand what are the processes or what is your personal role in protecting your organization and what is your uh, cybersecurity awareness when it comes to your security. How much data do you have online? Where is it? Do you use the two-factor authentication? Do you have strong passwords? Uh, do you secure your digital transactions? So just be aware and be more committed to your own security. That's all for today. Please do subscribe to Business Extra on your favorite podcasting app. All that's left to do is thank our production team, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. And thank you for listening.